Hello everybody and welcome to today's podcast. Today is an absolute pleasure to be joined by Kevin Van Lanker, who is an expert in sportswear production and runs a company called Sportswear of Tomorrow. Kevin, welcome. Hey Debbie, thank you for inviting me on your podcast again. I'm again super excited to do this with you. Oh, it's, it's it's so nice to see you again. It is really. It's been it's been a while, and so much has happened in gosh in every space to do with sportswear. It's uh, going to be really interesting. I hope to catch up with you. First of all, then, Kevin, could you tell us about sportswear tomorrow? Sportswear of tomorrow and the products you currently supply. Ah, uh, yeah, definitely. So, um, sportswear of tomorrow is a contract manufacturer to sportswear mm-hmm. brands worldwide. We are based in Romania, which is in Europe. And I founded the company back in 2002, but at the time it was just a regular sports apparel brand that was sourcing apparel from manufacturers. But over time, out of misery, as I couldn't find a suitable supplier for my sportswear brand who would help us with reliable manufacturing, we became a supplier for other sportswear brands. And uh, today we have a focus on cycling apparel. There is a saying that if you make premium cycling apparel, you can make everything else. As in cycling, everything needs to be super tight and aerodynamic. And the product can sometimes consist of five or six different fabrics. But today we make apparel for cycling, golf, esports, equestrian, and at leisure. Gosh, you're busy. How has the sports se- sector changed since you founded the business, Kevin? Because in 2002, that's, that's quite a while ago, you must have seen a lot of changes in that time. Yeah, it's been a while since I made my first steps on the sportswear market. Uh, as I said earlier, it was just a sportswear brand in the beginning. But then uh, actually the biggest changes came in the recent months with the launch of uh, ChatGPT and AI. We have customers now using AI to design their new apparel or at least getting the ideas from there, but also AI in production, AI production planning. And also we rework all the customer data we get so we can analyze it and make better products, cycle materials made of recycled ocean waste, I would like to discuss a little bit more on this uh, topic a little bit later in this podcast, but uh, mm-hmm. one of the hot topics right now in sportswear are smart sportswear, circularity, and different ways to combat overproduction. Overproduction is a big problem, and I think it's, the clear, it's clear that we all need to think about what we produce instead of just producing whatever we think we have to produce today. Circularity is so, so, so important. And as you said, you know, AI making making huge inroads here, definitely. Have how many of your customers are using AI? Do you see it as a huge shift? Is it is it a majority or is it still a minority? I think it's a minority for, uh, today. I think a lot of the uh, factory owners are a little bit older than me. So uh, I'm turning 42 soon. So I'm quite uh, tech savvy and I'm always uh, checking which apps could help us or which other software is being built that can help us in production. But Sometimes it's more on the customer side that customers are not really following. So uh, we are more ahead. And then uh, it's kind of hard to match their lack of technology knowledge with our advanced way of technology. Yeah. technology. Kevin, how, do, how are they using AI? What do they do with it? Um, so we use it, for example, to product uh, for production planning, but also the feedback that we get from customers on, uh, for example, if we ship out uh, 10,000 jerseys, then all the feedback comes together and we uh, AI analyzes this feedback so we can build better products toward the future. Great. So using it for data collection. Uh, yeah, not only that, Brilliant. and also we can reduce the waste. So um, we during the production process, AI is measuring uh, where we can con- 
consume less of certain materials, for example, or be more efficient with staff. So um, AI can be used in so many ways. And I think it's too new yet to understand how impactful it's going to be on our industry. Because uh, let's be honest, it's just a couple of months since ChatGPT has been launched. But in the meantime, so many sub ChatGPTs uh, have been launched that uh, also for us, it's still like uh, we need some more time to figure out what exactly can be used and what cannot be used for our production. Definitely groundbreaking technology for sure. Um, and as you say, you know, incrementally being there right at the forefront of this is going to stand, stand your business in good stead, isn't it, for the future? Definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you had to kind of explain the challenges um, that currently exist, how how have you overcome them? So as one of the first producers that jumped on this on-demand manufacturing of sportswear, we also kind of jumped in the unknown. Uh, we had to suddenly deal with small volumes of certain types of products. So um, that was a little bit harder because, okay, maybe you tell customers like, we are not interested to anymore produce big bulk orders. We want small volume of certain types of products only those products that you really, really need for your production. But that means that you're basically saying, okay, we want to produce less. Most of the businesses want to produce more and more and more. So what we want to say is not in general over the total number of products shouldn't be less, but uh, you can order just what you need for your order, uh, for your uh, project. So um, at the moment, we are trying to streamline uh, the transition between bulk manufacturing to on-demand manufacturing because we have to make sure that we still have enough or uh, sufficient production requests uh, on a daily basis to pay the bills and to invest in new technology. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's um, yeah, it's it's an ongoing problem, isn't it? Really, for as you say, but people quite often, you know, don't they don't factor in the onboard cost of bringing in new technology at the speed with which it's evolving right now. It's a huge, a huge concern, I think, for the industry as a whole, isn't it? Yeah. And also some brands, so we are thinking already, like what's after using sustainable materials, but you know, some brands are only using sustainable materials since recent days. So um, we have to help them still with with the old thing. Like in our opinion, using recycled materials, everybody should be doing today. But it's unbelievable that still big brands are only making their first steps in that. While we are already thinking about circularity and on-demand, which I think it will take years for those brands to adapt to uh, like how fast we can move. We are, I think, much more agile in that way. Yeah, agility is the key, isn't it? I believe so. Definitely. We were talking about that off air earlier, weren't really? And I think from my perspective, I find that legacy production and those historic supply chains, it's it's quite hard for larger businesses to onboard technology and to make the amends they need to to their supply chains at speed, really, isn't it? Yeah, but we have solutions uh, such as on-demand manufacturing, but uh, it's also quite new for them. That's a good lead straight into our next question, Kevin. <laughs> let's let's deep dive then straight into on-demand. What does that term mean for sportswear in particular? Yeah, so during this year, we will increase the amount of customers that we will give access to the on-demand solution where we allow them to order only the quantity that they need and then refill the, mm-hmm. their new stock or... Uh, supply their stock once that they have uh, sold some inventory like that uh, they don't order a thousand pieces or ten thousand pieces and then they keep sitting on uh, half of the stock so we are currently ensuring a smooth and rapid uh, product delivery to customers basically so end customers basically don't see the difference whether a product was shipped from their stock or it was produced on demand 
Currently, we are working on the latest technology, which allows customers to track and trade their orders throughout production. But also by scanning a QR code in the final garment, they will see much more detail about that garment, like, for example, how it was produced and by who it was produced. So on demand with a very personal touch. I am dreaming maybe, but in the next step, we hope to allow customers to fully customize their apparel. It means that if you love a certain fit, but you still want to make the sleeves a bit longer, we can do it. Call it bespoke sportswear apparel. I believe the future of sportswear on demand is fully bespoke, quickly delivered, sustainably produced and circular. But I think we need around three to four years from now to have this combination work really well. That's incredible. It really is. Let's just simplify that a little bit for our listeners. So that from from what you just said, that means that it could be an individual cyclist, for example, or it could be a team of cyclists. They can they can choose their own colours, they can choose their own designs, they can send their own logo. But does that mean then that they using your technology, you can custom fit every single one of those garments for that team, whether that team was two people, 10 people or 20 people? Or individual. So uh, yeah. yeah, you're right. You're totally right. So um, we can take uh, everything like fully bespoke. So indeed, like you said, you can uh, choose your design. You can send us your vector logos. We can create an individual design for the team. We also have to make sure that it's quickly delivered because we see some uh, brands take up to 12 weeks, 14, 16 weeks before you get your apparel. I still don't understand how this is possible in 2024. It takes you so long to produce garments. I think they definitely have some lessons from us. And then it needs to be sustainably produced, so um, made of recycled fishing nets or other materials. And the latest trend is that circular. So customers would and and should be able to return old garments to us so we can uh, decolor them and make new garments from them again. So you're looking at de-inking then technologies as well within your workflow to actually remove the ink from from the fibers and then start again and re, re give that fiber new life. Yeah, the thing is that uh, this wouldn't be done by ourselves. So um, we are having initial conversations now with companies that specialize in the recycling segment of the whole industry. And uh, they are doing now tests so that uh, customers can return cycling jerseys and soccer jerseys. And uh, they are doing their first uh, tests if this is possible. At the moment, also, I know that uh, customers can return their garments and we would return them to them. And they would make other products like hockey sticks and other products uh, out of old garments. So it's something. It's better than nothing, at least. It's fantastic. It's it's incredible, incredible drive towards the future, isn't it? Well, it's now, but um, it it signposts the future for all of us really, and how we how we customize the products that we wear for professional sports and you know independent residential leisure sports. Really, everybody can wear really great performance sportswear. Indeed. Yeah, it's fantastic. It is. Tell us how does how does somebody actually do that with sportswear of tomorrow? Then is everything totally online? Um, but for the moment, no, but usually it depends on our customers. So uh, we need our customers also to do some efforts to get uh, more up with the latest technologies. So today, if you run your online shop based on Shopify, for example, there is already mm-hmm. the option to automatically push all the incoming orders to us. So even if it's an order for a stock item, this could be as well dropship to your customer. If we had this agreement, of course, set beforehand, <laughs> or it could be a custom-made yeah. garment. Uh, we have software that combines the orders and then prepares the cutting files for fabric already. So then the 
the same software can calculate the placement of different pieces of the garment and as such reduce the waste. So from our side, we already have our, uh, things quite set up, um, but we see more uh, or we see that the brand should do more efforts to learn how they can improve from their side and not just rely on, on our. <coughs> it's fantastic. It really is. You really are innovating at an incredible speed, Kevin. Congratulations. It's fantastic. So we've we've spoken about kind of the e-commerce side of things and how people may upload and transform their their garments specifically to them to customize and to personalize. But what tech does a smart manufacturing plant need to manufacture at speed? What's actually on the on the shop floor? Um, I think from our side, we have a, a whole lot of software, also custom built software, and also we need people to be constantly trained. On those new tools, so not everybody is um, seeing so far ahead. I think that many textile companies these days or in the last years actually have been looking how to survive. But uh, we see custom, mm-hmm. uh, not customers, but we see factories around us uh, going out of business just because they didn't do any efforts to invest in, in technology. So what we did, we bought all this expensive software. We asked developers to build custom software. We have also bought uh, in, um, laser cutters. So uh, mm-hmm. they have basically an eye that see where the prints are and like that you can uh, save a lot on fabric. Uh, so all in all, I think yeah. our investments in print on demand have uh, are now paying off actually. Like all that years of work and preparing are now pay- paying off in, in uh, on-demand manufacturing. Yeah, no, it's because you have a crystal ball into the future, isn't it, Kevin? You could see what you need, which is great. Mm, yeah. really is. So I guess, I guess then the barcodes are tagged to the bottom of each pattern piece and that brings everything together and collates it ready for the sewn manufacture. Uh, yeah, so um, the idea is really like this, that uh, from the moment we receive the order, there is like a QR code that stays with the garment throughout production, and then cameras are recording the uh, production process. So when uh, the final garment has been stitched together and uh, checked uh, for quality issues, then uh, we attach another QR code in the garment that the end customer can scan to see how that garment was made and by who, etc. And maybe also more information about which recycled materials uh, have been uh, used how many kilos of plastic were in that garment, uh, how much did the fishermen who collected the fishing nets uh, get paid to bring that fishing net out of the sea. So lots and lots of data that we can uh, include at a time and your garment becomes a full story and not just a piece of fabric. That's, 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 that's fantastic. That really is. I mean, that's kind of an echo passport, isn't it, really? It's brilliant. It really is. Great. Well done. Let's move on to our next question then. What impact can new materials make to aid both technical function and sustainability? And I know this is a particular passion of yours, so I'm looking forward to the answer to this question. Yes, so as mentioned a little bit earlier, so we are talking to several companies who are investigating whether the sports where we have custom printed using sublimation can be uncolored and the fabric could be used again in future productions. We also think that more materials than fishing nets and post-consumer plastic can be used. Currently, this is an early stage for us, but we are already thinking about what we can do once most fishing nets have been recovered and recycled. There is a lot we can do. One of the top items on my list is using recycled coffee grounds, actually. I think the golden rule in sports manufacturing should be the use of recycled materials, but, and this is a big but, do not engage in greenwashing. So if you're currently uh, trying and uh, if you're currently concerned about the future of our planet, then please do not engage in practices where only 2% of a garment is recycled and the rest is ordinary uh, polyester. 
just so you can put a hang tag on your garment that says uh, that your brand is helping to clean the oceans. Better alternatives are available and we will try to help all the brands to make the right choices. In any case, if you want to work with Sportsurf tomorrow, you don't have a choice. We are forcing all our customers to use only recycled materials. We are not accepting customers who still want to continue to use traditional polyester or polyamide. Currently, the mills we traditionally work with have a very large range of fabrics, including aerodynamic fabrics. There is also a range of products that can be used in smart sportswear. It's crazy how fast this world has developed really in recycled materials. So in our opinion, there is no reason to continue to use standard polluting bulk manufacturing. Wow, Kevin, you are you really are um, creating a business here that that, you know, so many people should should really look at um, across the entire space. I mean, you know, beyond sportswear for textiles throughout throughout the manufacturing supply chain really this has to be a huge part of the future doesn't it tell us about your relocation then because you you're in thailand i believe at the moment and that's going to be a big part of your future developments could you tell us a little bit more about how those new materials are harvested and how those projects are going to continue to grow to the volumes that you you need to scale the business too this is actually my favorite question as this is what I'm working on daily these days. So um, what disturbed me over the last years was that everybody jumped on the recycled out of ocean waste wagon. However, brands yeah. exaggerate when they claim their garments have been made from recycled fishing nets. Uh, if they did not even come close to that process, like they have no idea if it was really, uh, if there were really fishing nets used. Uh, in order to avoid that, we are currently building a vertical vertically integrated solution where fishermen are paid to recover fishing nets from the sea or at least return their nets when they are broken. Since a couple of months, I'm, in, I'm based in Thailand where I'm involved in the recycling process of nets and other plastic waste, and we will start supplying mm-hmm. Uh, our fraud garments to customers that have made of that have been made of these fishing nets. But in a second phase, we hope to roll this out in other territories territories as well. The idea is that we can build several sports of tomorrow factories worldwide. So next up is Guatemala, as we have quite a substantial client base in the US. Our customers yep. would benefit from our expertise in garment design and production in a print-on-demand environment and preferably with fabric that were made out of post-consumer plastics that were recycled near them. So it's not the point that we are going to ship the fabrics that we develop here in Thailand to the other side of the world that wouldn't fit in the whole story. The goal is to have Mm -hmm. around five facilities, but I gave myself a couple of years to make that happen. As you can hear, I'm working on quite a lot, but that's only only possible as I have an amazing team around me. I'm no longer involved in the daily operations of Sportsraft tomorrow, and I'm focused only on building the, the future of the business and its partnership with companies that I could only have dreamt of. It's early in the process, but currently we are looking if we could possibly build a factory out of recycled milk packaging even. I learned some companies are making bricks out of them, so you can understand how excited I was uh, if I, when I heard that I could actually could build a whole new factory out of recycled materials using sustainable energy and doing the right thing for the planet. When I created Sportswear of Tomorrow, it was indeed the goal to be at the forefront of Sportswear manufacturing, and I think we clearly are. Kevin, you are absolutely hitting all of the dots here, aren't you, for what the future of manufacturing has to look like. Could you tell us a little bit more about those new materials? Um, how involved are, how involved you are in actually harvesting that waste and what has to happen to it? And kind of what's the life cycle of that project? How long does it take to take, for example, a fishing net and deliver it back as a you know performance garment? Yeah. Uh, right now we are talking to different kind of companies that are doing a part of that whole um, system so I think 
our first job is to connect the dots better. Like fishermen don't really want to throw their nets in the sea, but it's also a burden for them when they come back to the shore and this net, which is broken, will lay there for many years, like because they don't know what to do with it. So uh, we are offering them a coupon with what they can buy a new net. I mean, let's be honest, we can never stop uh, fishermen from going out fishing. But what uh, we want to avoid is that they throw the nets in the sea just because they're broken and they think like, okay, look, there is no other solution for them. Let's just throw it in the sea. So that is step one. And then um, second part is that we, uh, by ourselves, we bring the nets up to a recycler who is recycling this recycling these fishing nets and then we develop new fabrics from those uh, fishing nets so this whole process is kind of going not very smooth but uh, we are working it right now so that is my main uh, task while i'm here in thailand amazing you have um a huge knowledge of materials performance sports materials as, as well and how they need to be developed um so i guess you can work very very closely with with the fibers and with the mills to create exactly the right fabrics for your business here too, can't you? Right at the heart of this development. Indeed, yeah. We have also customers coming to us and say like, okay, we really love your story, but we don't find the right fabric right now in recycled materials. Like, uh, can you help us? So basically, yes, now we can. So we can actually, um, if they would send us a sample, we can actually not copy copy wouldn't be the right word but actually make a fabric that's almost the same as what they had now but made of recycled fishing nets or other post-consumer yeah. waste yeah. so, so you're re- you can re-end you can re-engineer can't you you can literally go backwards and recreate those fabrics using sustainable materials for performance use Correct. Yeah, that's what uh, what we are aiming to do uh, for customers who really are stuck when they are working with the, the same supplier. Maybe they're from overseas, even like they still may maybe bring fabrics from China or something to Europe to make them question uh, uh, breaches, for example. But we would be able to help them to first develop that fabric so those uh, breaches could be made of uh, recycled materials in the future. I don't want to say always recycled fishing nets because, as I said earlier, we are working on using different kind of materials. So we try to make the the trash belt smaller by taking as much as possible materials from there and recycle it into new fabrics or other materials. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a kind of to 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 simplify that, you're going to make sure that the products that you create in the future are as sustainable as possible using new materials and repurposed materials as well aren't you just to build a really strong a strong material portfolio for your customers to choose from it's fantastic but staying far far away from greenwashing because actually it's making me sad when i see all those big corporations just integrating i don't know two percent of fishing nets and then claiming that they are cleaning our oceans i mean i'm sorry but uh it doesn't go into my head like i have big problems with this kind of statements no you're right you have to shout that out definitely totally totally agree with you there's too much greenwashing going on at the moment it's fantastic. Well, congratulations, Kevin. You know, everything that you've spoken about so far is just is just absolutely an, an eye on the future. Um, and you're really making that happen and applying all of your energies into that too, which is wonderful, wonderful to observe. I'll move on to our next question. Is nearshore production viable? You know, we've spoken about you are you have proved and are continuing to prove that it is impossible to to re-engineer the materials, the design, the manufacturing, the production, absolutely everything. Is nearshore production viable and what infrastructure is needed to provide close proximity production 
I guess you can look at that from both sides. You can look at it from the manufacturer's side and also from the retailer's side because you have a huge experience there too. Yeah, sure. From the manufacturing point of view, I think one of the most challenging factors for nearshoring is like finding skilled labor. Currently, this is uh, more or less okay, but it's a job that is out of trend. We are considering Mm -hmm. actually opening sewing schools in Thailand as there is a need for jobs. Uh, We would train the staff here and then maybe have them prepare to work in Europe if they would want to, because we don't want people to come to Europe uh, if they don't really want uh, just to fulfill our need. But uh, this is a long-term project that we are investigating now if it's worthwhile. And of course, everything these days is digital. So a custom-designed IT solution for order planning, resource planning in combination with new software that has been launched on the market that help with pattern development as well as design placement and print preparation that really helps. But we started investing in such uh, solutions years ago, and we can say that we are ready for the upcoming changes. And do you think the the retailers are are adapting fast enough, Kevin? Well, I'm not a big fan of retail in general, you know, like I'm an IT guy. Yeah. So um, I'm looking at how can things be done better digitally. So um, I think the retail stores as they are today are definitely going to make a huge transformation. I think um, some brands are already giving some notions or like ideas of the direction they want to go to. But uh, as with everything with large corporations, it's going to take years and years. So I wouldn't be surprised if maybe some new brands like Gymshark or something would be more trendy and uh, come up with this kind of solutions quicker and make other retailers go out of business because they don't adapt uh, fast enough. Yeah, it's interesting that you choose Gymshark there as well because they have very, very young leadership. I can't remember how old their CEO is, but he's probably not even 30 yet. So it's, it's, it's important, isn't it, that that I'm not, I'm not. I'm not being ageist. I think everybody has the ability to change, but you definitely see a, a stronger trend towards sustainable production coming from the next generation than the current gen- generation who are possibly, you know, they're cuckolded by their own legacy production and, as I said earlier, s- supply chain um, infrastructure. Yeah, I don't think we have a choice as well. I mean, uh, just walking here on the shore in Thailand, you see so much plastic waste that you it, it actually makes you sad because, I mean, the nature around yeah. is so beautiful. But the the waste that has been dumped into the ocean all those years, uh, yeah, it, it's completely a complete disaster. I mean, it's sad to see that the, the beaches where all the tourists go have been are being cleaned every day to make you, give it, or make you get a good impression. But then if you walk a mile yeah. down that beach, it's like full of plastic. So I don't think this is right. And I really urge uh, companies to look into sustainable materials and so on and just work with the leader on that uh, uh, territory and that's his project tomorrow actually of course <laughs> it's, it's, it's important I think to make a note here as well isn't it to say that all of that pollution all of that plastic pollution that, that washes up on those shores of course isn't necessarily dumped in those shores it's the you know the ocean currents are bringing that plastic to the shores of, um, of Thailand aren't they Indeed, yeah, and it's uh, really sad, actually. But we can do something about it bit by bit. And if everybody get engaged from uh, local people to our customers and then end customers too, I mean, that they watch out what they buy in stores, then I think we are on the right track. Definitely, definitely. We just need to accelerate this. We need to clone you, Kevin. We need more of you, most of us, definitely. Kevin, that kind of brings us nicely onto our our last question, really. Um, Gosh, 
what's next for sportswear of tomorrow and what does the future hold i guess trying to put some timelines on this for you and i guess that's all going to be to do with partnerships and collaborations isn't it really and you know financial support for your dreams really yeah indeed i mean i'm super excited about what's coming so i've been uh, in this industry now 20 years which uh, and i'm only 41 so turning 42 soon so um yeah i learned so many things and i see that the industry is going in the right direction but i think we have to connect the dots better and uh, to engage all parties so we are talking to the hospitality industry here in thailand as well to replace all the standard polyester and other um crap materials sorry uh yeah, and yeah. to move them to poly, uh, recycled materials um and to make them aware that it exists because uh it's really strange but the people even don't know that it exists you know so they've been buying the traditional polyester t-shirt for so many years and they don't know of alternatives so it, it will take years but uh, to promote all that we will be working with the um, uh, influencers and um famous sports people here in Thailand to bring out the message and I hope it helps I mean right now it's said when you order a drink it comes like in a plastic cup with a plastic straw in a plastic bag and I'm thinking like oh my god like uh, every European who comes here I must be shocked because I mean over those last 20-30 years they've been teaching us uh, recycling but in here it seems like it still has to start like they are only making their first steps but um also, Europe can do better. I'm not like uh, speaking maybe bad in uh, about Thailand or something, or Asia in general. But I think uh, also in Europe we can still do better. I think everybody can do better, can't they, Kevin? I they believe can. so. And you know that all small steps. You know, as as you just said, you know whether it is a sportswear garment or whether it is just being more aware of what you're using in your day to day life. As you say, you know, takeaway cups, all of those things. You know, I think I travel kind of extensively too and um constantly you know i was in the states for a while last year and you just think wow you know we've still got a hell of a lot of plastic single-use plastics being used all over the world and um, it's kind of a practice that really must stop so that we take take those materials and, and repurpose them properly really kevin congratulations is there anything else you'd like to add anything that we skipped that you think is a really important point that you'd like to tell our listeners about well, I think uh, small brands shouldn't be scared by our big words, and uh, we are we are really available to all sorts of brands. So we are working with A-level sportswear brands that have uh, different selling points all over the world, but also mm-hmm. a little young guy who or girl who wants to make their first step in the sportswear industry. Um, just don't be afraid. Just reach out, and we will tell you how to start. But um, just come prepared. I mean, don't just send an email and say, "Hey, I want to start my own sportswear brand. How can you help me?" Like, no, we are not going to help you. But if you tell me what exactly you're looking for, then we will uh, point out the first step to take, the second step, and so on, and we will help you on your way. So that, that's very important. It is. It is small steps, but as you say, sharing knowledge and collaborating and building those strategic partnerships with the right partners such as yourself, Kevin, is so important for the future of the entire industry, isn't it? Indeed. 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 Kevin, thank you so much. Thank you so much for your time today. Good luck with everything. And, you know, whatever we can do to help support your mission, we're here too. So thank you so, so much and look forward to seeing you. at FESPA in Amsterdam very, very soon, actually, just in March, so the 19th to 22nd of March. Um, and I believe you're speaking there too. I'm already nervous, but I'm um, happy to look forward. <laughs> Looking forward to see everybody again after a hot yeah. winter. Oh, well, look at you for a hot winter. Um, look forward to seeing you in March, Kevin, and catching up in person. 
Um, and I you know, hope everybody can join us there too. It's going to be a very interesting show. Gavin, thank you so, so much and speak soon. Thank you.